The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Up to 65,000 dairy cows would have to be removed from the national herd every year for three years at a cost of some 200 million if the farming sector was to meet its climate targets. It appears that the Department of Agriculture had a briefing paper and was considering the option of a voluntary dairy reduction scheme with 2022 as a reference year and the intention was to start the scheme perhaps in 2023. Uh, 10% of the livestock herd would need to be displaced by other activities over the coming years. Well, what would all of this mean to the farming sector? I'm joined by the President of the Irish Farmers Association, Tim Cullinan, and the Chief Executive of Friends of the Earth, Oshin Coughlin. Good morning and welcome to you both. Um, first of all, Tim, uh, good morning. Good morning, Pat, yeah. The briefing paper, I mean, it wasn't a policy, it wasn't discussed in Cabinet and so on, it was something that the Department of Agriculture was looking at. What do you make of it? Absolutely shocked this morning, Pat. And you know, if government wants to erode uh, farmer trust in 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 the government, like it's absolutely incredible. And you know, all this is doing is is fueling a view that government continue to work behind the scenes to undermine our entire dairy and livestock sectors. Like I mean, this is absolutely incredible. And farmers waking up this morning and finding out a report like this through the media. I mean, what, what I, I want to ask the question this morning, like what is the agenda here? What is the agenda agenda of the Green Party? You know, two weeks ago, we had Eamon Ryan making a statement over a weekend that he, he would consider uh, compulsory buying up land for rewilding. We had Brian Ledden making a statement uh, just this weekend that farmers only con- contribute 1% to GDP, which is not accurate in the first place. GNI is is clearly shows the impact of agriculture in the, in the rural economy. And, you know, we had exports last year, 16.7 billion, 270 people implied in this sector. And, you know, the trickle-down effect of, from our 16 billion exports are keeping people ticking over in rural Ireland. And, you know, I think that's what we're striving to do. And so I questioned this morning, you know, what is the agenda of the government here? What is the agenda of the Green Party in particular with those wild statements coming out? And we're always available for negotiations, Pat. And on the back of what is being said here as well, what I believe is we're working on flawed science here as well. I was at uh, a general assembly of world farmers Farmers from right around the world last week. There was a scientist at that uh, General Assembly. He made a statement from the stage that you know the way the emissions have been accounted for is is flawed. That's what a scientist was claiming last week. And so I am very very concerned this morning. All right, Oshin, would you be in support of this uh, briefing paper that uh, the Department of Agriculture was looking at? Well, as you said. Pat, this is, a, this is a discussion document, basically, inside the Department of Agriculture. Uh, and it has some interesting ideas, in it, which, I'll, which I'll, you kind of mentioned in your introductions. I'd like to kind of tease out. I'm a bit puzzled, though, by, by Tim's response, because, first of all, this isn't any, like, this is literally nothing to do with the Green Party. Uh, you know, this, this is the Department of Agriculture saying that, actually, it's, it, it's clear to it, to it now that it hasn't got enough measures in place to reduce emissions in line with our legal targets. So we have obligations under the Paris Climate Agreement. And then 
under the climate law that was adopted by 129 votes to 10 in the Doyle. So all parties, apart from Aintu, supported the, supported the targets that are now being worked out. The agriculture sector got the least challenging, or the least numerically challenging, which is all that every sector is challenged by the targets. And the Department of Agriculture, like all departments, is struggling to come up with measures to actually uh, meet those uh, targets because, of course, we've started 10 or 20 years later than we should have, and some of the policies along the way have been bad. So I would, looking at this uh, proposal this morning, I thought there were some things here that actually is what the IFA have been calling for. So just to, take, just to re- go over it very briefly, um, first of all, so it's the reality that the current measures aren't, aren't good enough. We can all see that. Emissions are rising in the agricultural sector. They've got to come down by 25%. So what I've been hearing from the IFA is, uh, and indeed echoed by the Taoiseach and the government, is that whatever happens has to be voluntary. Farmers can't be forced into doing something. It's their livelihoods. They have, to be, they have to have choices, and they can choose to do something that reduces their emissions. This scheme is entirely voluntary, it would be a, it, which doesn't exist, by the way. As you said, it's a proposal, a discussion document inside the Department of Agriculture. It would be entirely voluntary. If a farmer wanted to, they could get paid €3,000 per cow to come out of dairying over time. Uh, and that, so that's the other thing. Farmers said they, there needed to be compensation if they were being asked to do something different or something new to reduce emissions. People like us said we should use the €2 billion euro that goes from public money into the common agricultural policy to get public goods for public money. And the farmers said, no, that money's already earmarked for single farm payments. If you want us to do something different, you have to give us extra money. And here's the department saying, OK, here's €200 million extra money a year to, to ask some farmers to, if they want to, to retire early effectively. That, that's the interesting bit of this. It says in the, in, in the briefing paper this would be aimed at farmers close to retirement with no obvious successor. So that's an issue in itself inside farming. And actually mm-hmm. responding, I think, to one of the issues that Makra have raised, Makra and Herm have raised, that where is the route in for young farmers if overall we need to reduce herd numbers? And actually this paper says if they did this a number of, uh, of retirements every year, there would be space for young farmers to actually get into dairying. So that would seem to be a positive thing. And one last thing, is it's worth bearing in mind that the dairy herd rose by 50% uh, between 20, 2010 and 2020. It rose. And uh, that's by 400,000 uh, uh, cows. And this is talking about taking out uh, 50,000 to 65,000 a year for three years. So still taking out less than half the rise we've had in the last 10 years, voluntarily and with compensation. Uh, so it's not policy yet, but it seems to be a, a good basis for discussion if I, if I was... If I okay, was so, so Tim, you're all reading this wrong, really, in the farming uh, area, because this is all good news. Compensation of three grand to retire a cow... I mean, some of them might be getting a bit elderly anyway, and they might be due for retirement. And I'm not talking about the farmer, I'm talking about the cows. Um, Nice little earner, perhaps, for people who are reaching the end of a farming career. Look, there's a a number of points there I want to go back in that Ocean raised there about, you know, farmers cannot comply with their obligations. And, and Pat, on, I think on, on your own show on this station and other stations last year, this time last year, when the government um, gave agriculture a target of 25% reduction in emissions, I came out publicly, we accepted that. We said it would be a huge challenge for farmers, a huge cost involved, but we were up for the challenge and we are up for that challenge. And currently with the measures that farmers are doing, we can reduce our emissions by 18% of the 25%. And as we know, the science is evolving as we speak at the moment. And I believe 
and and uh, key people in the sector believe as well that we can achieve our, our reduction of 25% by 2030. And I will ask the question this morning, what other sector can come out this morning and say that they will reach their target by 2030? Like it always seems to be the soft touch here is mm-hmm. well, go after the farmers, go after agriculture and destroy a sector, what I clearly believe is keeping rural Ireland alive and taking over and that's very very important as well the social aspect of this and if we look at it if we look at our young farmers and I know Shane mentioned young farmers why then have we only six percent of our farmers are under 35 years of age that is that is the challenge for us and the, the danger is if you go into reduction schemes what you do is like it's a quota by the back door and you know farmers were dealing with a quota for many many years and as regards the numbers we only have the same number of cows today as we had in the in the, the 1990s. So, I mean, there hasn't been a real uh, increase in the number of cows in the country. And we have a very viable business here now. There's been massive, massive investment by farmers to the tune of 2.3 or 4 billion over the last five or six years. The dairy sector has invested similar amounts of funding over the last few years. And what are we going to do? We have secret negotiations going on behind closed doors, no engagement with the sector whatsoever to decide the future of the sector. Like Pat, in any other sector, if this happened this morning, people would be on the streets. Um, so, uh, what about Oshin's points, though? That in the, when you look at the detail of what, what was proposed, that you know, for some people it could be very attractive. Number one, voluntary. Number two, um, compensation aimed at uh, farmers who were nearing the retirement age, therefore making way for uh, young farmers in the sector who wanted to come in, albeit with perhaps lower uh, numbers of cows in their uh, production facility. So, uh, what's What's the the real criticism at the heart of this? Is it simply that the industry is where it is, and you don't want it to contract in any way because of you know agri the agri economy generally and processing and exports and all the rest of it? Uh, look, this this is a serious industry for for the rural economy. Number one, right? And uh, if we're to go along with the plans, in particular of the Green Party, like all I'm hearing in the last number of weeks is finding ways of taking land out of production. And I believe we can continue on the journey we're on. And, you know, we need to be very careful here. But what's really, really frustrating this morning is that this is coming out through a leak. Like this was discovered inside the Department of Agriculture with no uh, consultation whatsoever with, with the key stakeholders in the industry, Pat. Like, I mean, that's my point. And, you know, I, I, look, I am very worried, you know, when you, when you start speaking about reduction schemes, it's, it's another way of, of trying to impact on our sector. And, you know, I mean, if you start decreasing any sector, a sector can become unviable. And, you know, my job is to ensure that we have a viable sector going forward, that we can comply with our, our obligations around climate change, which we are currently doing. And it's very, very frustrating for me, representing a large number of farmers out there, that we accepted... Uh, our targets from the government agreed to work on them and we wake up this morning we find this report ah, without absolutely uh, no Oshin, consultation uh, high up or low down Oshin uh, I mean obviously you agreed to differ on the, 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 the points that you raised Oshin but the generality of the thing uh, daring is something that we do well um, we have a demand for our uh, milk and milk products overseas it's a big export market for us um, and when you look at global food production, perhaps we should continue to do what we are doing well in an efficient manner with as low a carbon footprint as possible. But, you know, there are others who have 
uh, farming practices that would not be in any way as environmentally friendly or sustainable as our farming well, practices. There's, there's a couple of points there, Pat, and I want to just come back on something that Tim said as well. So our relative uh, performance in, in terms of pollution uh, in, from agriculture is, is the data is very old. It's 20 years old now. It should be redone. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that it's, we're, we're not as, as ahead of the field as possible. And demand isn't an excuse for production in all cases. So a lot of our, a lot of our, a lot of our, our, our dairy products is going into um, supplying something like 14% of, of the world's baby milk powder, which we're promoting around the world, which is a, a contested issue from a, from a, from a you know, is this, is this the way the world should be going? Uh, but also, like, what, what Tim is saying is we accept the targets, but we don't want civil servants in the department that's responsible for the sector to be thinking about how we might meet them. Because it's clear, Tim says, the existing Chagas targets, uh, Chagas policies will get us to 18% productions. First of all, that, that may be the case, but that's only if every single farmer, more or less, does all the things that Chagas suggests. And, the, and the, the bottom line is, that doesn't seem to be happening because emissions are rising. And we know that like, at, at the, at the how, overall how they, level, uh, just uh, to, uh, to like pollution in terms of air this. pollution, water pollution, yeah. and climate pollution yeah. are all rising. So how, there are real pressures know? there that how, need how, to be addressed. How do you know about the air pollution? I mean, the, the calculation per beast, isn't it, how much methane uh, they exhale, that's uh, one way. But what else? I mean... But the EPA is very clear that, our, that, that the pressure on our, on our water bodies around Ireland, our rivers and lakes, is the, the, the highest source, the biggest source of pollution is, uh, is agriculture. And so in the case of it's, it's ammonia, in the case of the air pollution, it's also agriculture is a significant source of air pollution. So there's like the, the EPA has been, has been reporting this consistently over the last few years. So there has to be action. And the other thing to bear in mind, so I like, is Tim saying the Department of Agriculture shouldn't be exploring ways to think about how it's going to meet its emissions targets, because I'll give you one really, really important fact, and this came up in the debate last year. So we have these targets for 2030, and not targets now, legally binding ceilings on pollution. And again, agriculture has the least challenging one in terms of numbers. It's a quarter, a quarter of reduction, transport is 50%, electricity is 75%. Uh, of course, every department then has to be thinking about, the, about new policies because it isn't just this year, next year. They have to keep going. And, of course, as, as someone from the farming sector said last year in, that, in the context of that debate, 2030 is just a staging post. You know, if, whether it's 25% or 22% or 30% as we wanted for 2030, we have to get to zero or near zero by 2040, 2045, 2050 at the latest under the law. So like, we're going to have to take really big inconvenient, disruptive steps in every sector if we're going to do what we need to do to prevent okay. climate breakdown. Tim, so to be sort of fiddling around the edges between now and 2025 and saying everything will be fine, it's just not credible. All right. Uh, final words to you, Tim. Uh, yeah, 2030 yeah, is not the uh, end of the road. I, I, They'll I, be coming back yeah. for more and more the, and more. Yeah, and, 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 and Pat, I sat in a room last week with people from African countries, North African countries, and they, they're clear concern currently is well, they haven't enough of food to put on the table tomorrow morning. We are here in a country that's very conducive with our climatic conditions to producing top quality food and that food is required right around the world. We have a war raging at the moment in, in the, the Russian invasion in Ukraine. So we have wars in, in the Middle East as well and this is impacting on the availability of yeah. food. And, I, I and believe the first rain exports in Ukraine came, we, we came to feed our cows rather than people in Somalia. I didn't cut across you, Oshie. We well, have you an obligation and we're both, to, you're getting we, the we, we have an obligation okay, look, to produce top quality food okay, and but, but Irish the, farmers the want argument to continue to do that in an environmentally yeah. 
manner. <laughs> the, the argument would probably be thrown at you, Tim. Look, stop producing cream. Start producing carrots. Let them eat carrots. Yeah, yeah and, and, and we know we know what has happened there, Pat. Why have we only 100 um, horticulture farmers left producing uh, vegetables in this country? Because of price competitiveness. So there's an area of agreement. I, I would be right. shoulder to shoulder with Tim to be fighting for better prices for supermarkets, a path to market for Irish food growers to feed us into the future. Absolutely. I'll be out the picket line with you, Tim. Ocean, do you not think I haven't been fighting that fight over the last number of years? I don't know where you have You been. have, and we should, be, be, we should be beside and, you and, and behind and, you and more and in that fight, I agree. We've, okay. we've ended up with 100, 100 horticulture farmers in this country. So that, that's to explain the policy right. in itself. We, but my final point on this is food is badly, or is, is required immediately right around the world and we're in a perfect place to produce this and finally this is about global cooling you know, it's about the world coming together and finding a solution to this globally All right. We will leave it there thank you both very much uh, for uh, joining us uh, Oisín Coughlin Chief Executive of Friends of the Earth and uh, Tim Cullinan President of the IFA The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.